0: Our live
1: kind of. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to Capital City Black Film Festival for our ninth annual festival. And today we are so excited to have our friends John Gist. John, am I pronouncing your last name right?
2: You are Gist. You said it right. (laughs)
1: Thank you. in the building. We actually have the pleasure of having these two brilliant marketing minds revisit us for the second time, both now in different places. So we thought it was very, very important for us to sit down and talk to them because both of them have a journey and it is so important. And no one really looks at who is behind promoting and amplifying films, multicultural films, Black films, and everyone looks at it like, oh, these films, you know, we just heard about it some kind of way, but we know that Dee Dee and John are grinding to make sure that they get the widest possible audiences to view films. So there's a lot for us to learn from them for their journey, and there's a lot for us to extract from um, the way that they market their films to understand how we can market independent films the same way? So, Dee, Dee and John, friends of the family, welcome back!
2: Thank you, thank you. We're so excited to be here. It's like, wait, we we were here in like different places. The world was a different place, literally, when it's we were just there.
1: A place. We were in the same room.
2: Right. We gave
1: hugs. Yeah. We had no masks on, and now look, here we are. Here we
2: are. Here, here we
1: are. We are. you know, COVID did not stop growth because both of you are in different places and both of you have grown in the industry and I want to do just like a quick touch on your bios just just this form just formally a little bit y'all are friends but we definitely want to highlight like where you are now so Dee Dee is the Senior Vice President of Multicultural Marketing and Publicity at Paramount Pictures and in her role, she's responsible for overseeing the strategic development of multicultural publicity campaigns for Paramount's slate of films. So this is all films, just reaching multicultural audiences and really just amplifying uh, the films that will resonate most with them, correct, Didi?
0: Yes, ma'am, you are absolutely correct.
1: Awesome, and so when we talked to Didi last, I think you were on the agency side of the film marketing business, and now the glow up is real, okay? So we also have John Gis, who is the director, I'm sorry, the vice president of 360 to see John, you almost caught me with that bio.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> right. You better get it, girl. You better get it. <laughs> Listen,
1: he is the vice president of 360 degree marketing and publicity at BET, correct? And y'all yes. are both Viacom family. So y'all Viacom like cousins in the business now, right?
2: We are, we Now are. John
1: in his role, John is responsible for the um overseeing the strategic development and hands-on support of various disciplines across um is it specifically African American, right? For BET.
2: Yeah, yes, All right, cool.
1: and so we know that John is behind. I know you worked on 20s, right?
2: Worked on 20s. And what other on...
1: projects have you worked on at BET? Yeah,
2: worked on 20s, Lena we Lena Ways um TV show, worked on Tala The Oval, um worked on Soul Train Awards that uh, recently aired on the network. Um, and games people play. So it's, it's been really exciting.
1: So before we get started, I just want to say, like, you guys not only are, like, executives in the film business, but film and television business, excuse me, but you also have a podcast that you just recently launched, right? So yes, i are going to get into it a little bit later, but it's super dope, and it's called Black on the Scene. And it's basically, you know, a love letter to Black creators and really just giving Black content creators and Black voices the opportunity to drive, to kind of elevate those voices that are driving change and representation and entertainment. How fun has it been shooting doing this podcast together? Because y'all are besties in real life.
0: Listen, John says, and, so, and you'll see us interchanging, talking for one another. John says we've been doing this podcast since 2014. So... <laughs> It was time to to record it, but edit it accordingly so we don't do the wrong thing or say the wrong (laughs) thing. But um, it's such a joy to really, for me, shine a light on friends and we'll call them our industry family that's out here doing the exact same thing, the folks that people don't think about when they pop into a theater or log on to you know their to BT and they don't know why that this show this new show may seem so familiar. They don't realize there's an army of folks behind making this, not just making the content, cause that's a whole nother discussion about what a collaborative effort um, content making, but certainly filmmaking and um, television production is overall. So it's just, it's just been a joy. And I, John may not say that because I drive him crazy with my <laughs> crazy text messages and emails at random hours, but it's it's been a joy for me and it really has lit me up.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's go ahead and get started a little bit because I definitely want to maximize our time with these two amazing folks. So Didi, I, I know I always talk to you and you're always like, I'm all over the place. Um, I want to just ask you a little bit about your career journey because like you're at Paramount now, but if you know Didi, like Didi knows everyone from every part of the industry. And John, look, John can attest to that, right? Dee Very, what very true. <laughs> yeah. What was it about your experience that kind of cultivated you and led you to where you are today?
0: Desiree, I don't know if that's you and John's way of saying I'm a little long in the tooth. I've been in these, these PR and promotion and marketing streets for a long time. Um, but I think it is a combination of. Being around, you know, again, for a long time and and being in different industries, um, I think there's something I like to call myself sort of the Jill of all trades, but not like the master of one in particular. And I think both of you would agree with that, knowing me, I know a little about a lot. I know
1: I, that it's just a little, Didi. I have to interrupt you there. You know a lot about a lot. You gotta give yourself credit on that. I agree. <laughs>
2: Also, yeah. I've never heard Jill of All Trades. Yeah, I love that, by the way. I, I've, <laughs> I've, I've literally never heard that.
0: Well, I got to say, I I do think that that comes from a background where I didn't follow one straight path. And and I can see, I mean, I could talk about the benefits of that as well as sort of maybe some of the disadvantages. But certainly, I think it's worked for me in the way that I do get to learn a lot and bring, I think, a lot of different perspectives and positions to the the roles that I have Um, from working in events or general market publicity or promotions at um, a newspaper to freelancing and consulting over seven years, what it's like to be a vendor and when you need to get, you know, you can't do the net 90. So I'm more conscientious of how I deal with. vendors and that's you know in 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 those spaces but certainly being able to be sort of nimble and look at opportunities i'm also just very curious And I think both of you would say that I love learning about what other people do, how they do it, the sort of mechanisms of of how it gets done. And so I'm constantly researching and constantly like trying to learn and figure out ways I can bring that to what my job may be. And, And I'm also just very, I believe in serendipity. And the magic of maybe not having as much of a concrete plan and being open to magical things happening to you in your life. So
1: that's beautiful, Dee Dee. And it's so it's I'm not gonna get into how you and John met just yet. Hopefully John can can, can squeeze it in there as he talks about his journey because when you see Dee Dee and John together, like it's all giggles all the time. And they have like all of these little like little looks and things that happen so I first of all thank Dee for introducing me to John I'm not a name dropper but if I was a lot more doors would be open for me if I was dropping John's name like that is a staple in the industry and he has really worked his way up two completely different personality types but when you put them together it's so amazing so John share with us if you will a little bit well, about your journey and what kind of led you to where you are today.
2: Well, Desiree, thank you for that amazing introduction. I don't, I don't know how much weight my, 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 uh, my name has around the industry, but I'll, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> you know, I. Um, a little bit different from dd but i you know i always knew i wanted to be in marketing and pr i grad i majored in college I, I had a number of different internships in different companies so i was like i want to just I, I knew i loved film and i was like i and i had a degree in the marketing so i was like you know what i'm gonna do this i'm gonna figure it out this little boy from atlanta is gonna figure it out i'm gonna make my way to los angeles and i did and was there a plan in store or did i map it out in, in any kind of way not at all but just I I just happened to kind of keep falling into and meeting people and falling into circumstances and opportunities, and I think that was just honestly a reflection of just who I was and the type of work I was doing and what what I was being able to bring to the table. And I, I moved to LA in, in 2014, which was the beginning of DD and I's uh, partnership, relationship, friendship, sisterhood, sister brotherhood, and everything else in between. And I, you know, it was I think one of the reasons why me and her connected the way that we connected was we both were kind of like new to uh, our, our our particular journeys at that point. And we were like, what am I doing today? I don't know. What am I doing today? I don't know. We're going to figure it out. And we did. We figured it out. And it was, it was like literally big sister Dee, Dee was just there to just guide and help and maneuver. And our, and our friendship blossomed in such a magical way of like having a podcast now, like just from working together, helping each other find jobs, and then like, all right, we're gonna make a podcast together. So it's been just a really beautiful journey for us. And just for me, you know, in in 2014, moving to LA, working at an agency, I always had aspirations of also working for a major film studio. And now I've worked at to, and a TV network. So I'm like, wow, I've done a lot in in a, in a small amount of time, in a matter of right. a, a seven years. And I just think that just, you know, goes to this, uh, the idea of, you know, nothing is impossible, you know, just doing the work, meeting the, p- meeting the people, just doing, putting your best foot forward and being very intentional. I think it's very, it just, is it's what I've been doing. That's been my rule book.
1: No, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm kicking myself because I didn't think to, to kind of prep you guys for this, but I have to know, you know, like, uh, the one thing that both of you have shared with me is like how intentional you are about providing opportunities to talented Black marketers, right? Because you guys sit in unique positions where you are within your respective roles, but you understand that like in order to reach diverse audiences, you have to have diversity on your team and within your reach, right? So can can both of you kind of tell me a little bit about your perspective? And John, maybe you can take this one first. It's like, you know, what's your perspective about you know, marketers being intentional about ensuring that they have a diverse, you know, group around them as they're promoting Black films?
2: Well, I think one thing to say, note is that, you know, DeeDee and I are not gonna be doing this forever, right? Like, that's just not possible. So I think that, you know, for me, I wanna be able to lift people up and give them opportunities. So that's with my, you know, mentorships, that's just connecting dots for people. This business is very difficult to navigate, especially as a, a person of color. And I think that we need people that look like us, to that understand us to kind of help navigate that a little bit more. And I've, Didi and I both have, um you know lifted a hand and given a hand to so many different people just like this being a soundboard of a conversation that may snowball into a mentor mentee relationship but it's like I just want if if you have a question if you just need help navigating something I want to be there for you that has that has come into opportunities where I've been able to hire people on my own team um which has been really great because I really again want to give them the right tools to be successful so for me I'm always going to go to, you know, someone of color first for opportunities in this, you know, especially in a multicultural space, like that's, that's, we, you know, we eat, live, breathe this space in such a, in such an authentic way that we have to be able to, you know, give people the right tools and guidance to kind of be, be that next class, be that next generation of marketers. It happened to me, it happened to Didi, it's going to continue to happen, but we also have to be able to, again, stop for a moment turn around and see like, who's behind us that needs to be pulled up.
1: Absolutely. Didi, I'll say say this. You are such a big picture thinker, right? You, every time we talk, even though you feel like you're all over the place, all I see is like a little map of you connecting dots from one thing to another. And you just have this great ability to be a big picture thinker. But I'm gonna ask you this. What was the big picture that really let you know that you were going to pursue a career in entertainment like what was it
0: wow i I don't know if there was a picture because i can't say i ever saw it and that's why it's so important for me to have those conversations with you and certainly and certainly you know the conversations that John and I have and the and the the connection, the mentorship. We mentor each other because there's a lot of times where I'm not sure about something and John for I'm a complete overthinker. And John will be like, girl, you just gotta make a decision, and keep it pushing. We're not gonna overthink this. We're not gonna we just have to pull the trigger and it'll be okay. And that comes from a place and I think there's a lot of us women in particular and black women in particular where we feel like we have to have all the things in place to move forward in certain rooms or you know we have to make sure we show up perfectly um even on zoom calls like we're not showing up like some of our counterparts with workout tops on and and maybe wet hair or whatever and and there's no judgment about that it's just a different scenario for black and brown folks, right? And certainly black women, this this hair is a whole thing. And for me, I don't know that I ever did because I didn't see it. So I actually never had a me in my life. I never had a black, Woman in a position of authority or power in the workplace that really championed me that was like, Sis, let me pull you to the side and tell you it's not okay for you to do da, 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 da. Or when you speak in meetings, you might want to think about this. This is all stuff I've had to learn. And I've also had some great mentorships and friendships with, you know, mostly white people. Most of my bosses have been white, and that's still the case today. And I, so there's this there's this notion that I want to be what I never saw and never had. And so one of the things I did um, when I started at Paramount was I got the, the, the black junior executives together in the publicity and marketing department. And I said I want there's a few things I want you guys to do. One, realize I'm here for you. Get on my calendar. use me. Here's my phone number. text me, show your face on Zoom calls. Here's a zoom light, brighten it up, let everybody see you. I want to hear your opinion more. And when they do great, I'm the first person to say, "Sis, you you really killed that zoom presentation," or whatever. Like those things make a difference, and they've made a difference to me too because it makes me, I think, a better leader. Um, I always have this big sister vibe, as you know, because you know oh, my little sister. I know John knows too. John thinks. <laughs> John thinks he's my big brother, but really I'm the one in charge. Um, So that's a very long winded way of saying, again, I was open to a lot of the serendipity I learned as I went along. And and this role in multicultural marketing and publicity wasn't a thing, but by default of being a a black woman, I'm advocating it, advocating for it along the way. Um, John will use this as an example, and I call John my multicultural son because I worked on the first best man, right? So y'all think about when that was. I worked on the first best man and I remember having Malcolm D. Lee and Tay Dix come to Atlanta on a PA tour and just talking about publicity. And they wanted, I asked them about doing, I think it was the Tonight Show at the time. And they're like, we can't get on the Tonight Show. Can you imagine? And now fast forward to my multicultural son, John. <laughs> That was his first film in the multicultural publicity space.
2: Working on The Best Men Holiday. Yeah, it was my wow. first that's introduction. And things, and, and, obviously, and honestly, you know, and obviously that, you know, the cast are in much different places career-wise. So they can get on The, the Tonight Show and, and do that. So it was a different experience. But Didi, it's so interesting that you say that because was the term multicultural ever used when you were oh. working in it? <laughs> right. That I think it's important to note Like, that wasn't a thing.
1: That was not a thing. Was you nuts. guys were, you guys both were in the industry before, like, when it was just Black films were for Black people, right? When Black films weren't really even considered contenders.
2: More so D so than me, but yes. Yes, and. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've honestly, yeah. I've, the majority
2: of my career, I've honestly heard, the, the majority of my professional career, I've honestly was, was conditioned to know and understand what multicultural was. And I think Mm -hmm. it started to, because I think right when I started, it kind of was a a bigger thing. Um, I think before it was just very segmented marketing that's just directed towards Black audiences or that. You know what I mean? It it, it wasn't a name for it. It wasn't a true definition
1: for it. Right. No, that actually segues uh, uh, perfectly into kind of like digging a little bit deeper. For people who aren't marketers, they probably don't even know that multicultural marketing exists. I will say, DeeDee, when you were talking about the best man, and I'll try not to derail us too much, but when you were talking about working on The Best Man, I was in high school then. I didn't even visualize that the people behind the scenes were black, right? Because you just did not see black people being visible in this way. So even today, like, even with our conversation that we're having today, we're going to surprise some people. There's executives in Hollywood that are Black because you don't often see. You you get like a few token people that, that you see kind of through the industry, but you don't know behind the scenes there's this amazing Dee Dee Brown and John Gist like really running the show and really amplifying these films. But so it was really important to me to say, like, if I had seen that when I was younger, it probably would have helped me submit myself more so in this career earlier on like it it took a lot of years of confusion to figure out okay this is good this is my spot because i hadn't seen it before
0: Um, and and that's why i'm sorry to interrupt but that's why we wanted to do the podcast and there's some other Definitely podcasts and these kinds of conversations with the Capital City Black Film Festival and wherever we can get this message across that there's a space for you, there's a need for you, there's opportunity for you look at us, you know, we did it and there was nobody really, there was no blueprint for it. We figured it out and we worked really, really hard to do it. And so we, we want to provide a bit of more of a face for that. And that's, again, why the podcast is so important uh, to us, um, is to get those voices out there to know that, yes, there are challenges, but there's also great opportunity and excitement and need around having these voices, um, you know, be a part of, of the entertainment industry because if we can see it, we can be it. It's, it's really
1: that it's, simple.
2: Like, <laughs> it, yeah, and Didi, and I mean, Didi is just, you know, she, she's always dropping all the knowledge. But oh, I think okay. one thing to say, too, is specifically about Best Man, because I want to give that film its flowers, because that's it's one of my favorite films ever, because Mine as, as well. a as someone who was in middle school when it came out, I I remember watching it, and it was so aspirational for me of just seeing these affluent Black people. I knew it was a Black director because I wanted to be a director at the time. That's another another panel. Um, But um, I I knew that it was just beautiful to see this Black love, these successful Black people just, you know, that were educated, that went to college. Like, it just was a, it was very just a moment for me. So shout out to Malcolm D. Lee for, for directing yes. that beautiful film because it just, it touches everything. And I think it's, it's one of the true definitions of, wh- of why representation matters.
1: I love it, love it, love it. Yes, yeah, shout out to Malcolm D. Lee because that that film definitely changed a lot of our lives. Absolutely. And even now, when it, whenever it comes on, I watch it. I've seen it, like, more than fifty times. So I love it. But the good, I mean, there's a really interesting um, thing that I was saying earlier is like a lot of people don't really even know like about multicultural marketing. Like they don't even know that there's a group of people who are specifically trying to touch multicultural audiences. Some people, even within the industry, don't necessarily think that it's that big of a deal to segment out your marketing in that way. Um, Why is this important? Like why is it important that BET and Paramount. They both have this group that's specifically trying to reach these audiences.
2: I think if I can, if I can see these like nodding for me to go, but I think I guess, yeah, um, what comes to mind is just authenticity. Um, we've seen a lot of scenarios where you're trying to force feed a community on something, and there's no authenticity there, or there's no there's no uh, passion, empathy there. And I think working with black and brown people that I have majority of my career we we bring that to the table. There's so many um specific cultural nuances that we have in the south, growing up in the south, I can speak to that as a black person. Can I speak to every black experience? Absolutely not, but I don't think that's what it's about. It's about just showing up authentically, showing up ready to listen and understand and knowing that we as a as as an audience, as as a multicultural audience, so we're talking black um black Americans, uh, Hispanic, asian um we we want to make sure we're showing up and that the people that we're looking to and that we're really targeting for these for these marketing tactics are, are feeling the connection are feeling the authenticity of it all and i think that's what i've been able to do with a lot of the campaigns i've worked on i think that's what dd brings is bringing that true authenticity to the table and i think sometimes you know when they don't have that that pov they, they missed the mark and it's and then you then black Twitter goes up you know crazy and then you know there's a, there's a firestorm so I think you know it's it's just a it's just a very um needed impactful uh marketing tool that I think again you know as you as you talk about the last 10 years of, of the film business and you know you just see the transition of what content looks like and who's making the content there's now you're like okay yeah we need to make sure we're having XYZ HBO and the Paramounts and the Warner and parent, you know, everyone has a market, a multicultural marketing department because they don't want to get it wrong.
1: Absolutely, that's a great perspective, John. Did did you have anything to add?
0: I would just add that as much as John, is, so we have to know. And if there's any, you know, brands or companies that are watching this, that it's again not just the one voice in the room, right? it doesn't work. You have to have multiple voices across all departments, age ranges as well. For instance, as John said, he can't speak to every black experience. And certainly we're in a different age group. And I think about things a little bit differently than him. Maybe my perspective, even though we're both from the South, there are certain things that, I'm, you know, not sensitive to or that interests me that may not interest him. You know, we don't all, we didn't all, all black people didn't grow up going to a Baptist church. There's a lot of us that are Catholics. I'm not a Catholic, but I'm just using that as an example that having diversity in all of its like glory and beauty is so important to not only enriching our content or how we're marketing it, but also how You know, it's being perceived. Um, John, and to me, he's a legend and an OG already, and he's so young, um, has worked on some really impactful movies and campaigns that are specifically for black audiences like A Queen and Slim, he worked on Get Out, he worked on Girls Trip. I mean, those are iconically black cultural movies, but it's also figuring out on content that's not necessarily meant just for black audiences. So general market, how are we tapping into the right audience or the right multicultural or black audience um, for, for this particular movie? What is the storyline? What are the talking points? Where should we take this talent, and what 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 radio shows should they be on? Do they have a, a a a connection or a connective tissue to the black community in some way that's not so obvious? You know, things along mm-hmm. that. So really being thoughtful in in many many layers. Like looking through that campaign, like you're like you know you're looking at where where did they grow up? Where did they go to school? Where did they pledge? Who are they friends with? Who's following them on social? I mean. John, we can get even more in the weeds on this, and that's no, so- I do
1: want to. I do want to just make a comment for John because John actually was in the world like where he's now. He's he, now he's in the world where he's focused on black content, but you weren't always focused on black content. So at Dee, Dee was just talking about you know like being able to take a, take content or, or films that don't necessarily have a full black cast, where they may have one leading you know right uh, black actor and identifying how to connect that film to multicultural audiences and so what how does your experience differ John from how you used to do it versus now
2: well, it's, well, you know, how how I used to do it was, I mean, I think we have to also come to the table of understanding that, you know, everyone loves to see a, a good movie, right? So there's going to be just, people want to be entertained, especially over the last year. So if it's, if it's just a, a genre, specific genre film, like a horror film or uh, animated family film, there's going to be entry points into that, just from just a dr- genre perspective. So it's like, you have to really be thoughtful around how what are those entry points? I love horror movies. I'm a Scream uh, fan. So, like, I grew up on Scream, so I can't wait to to see the new film, you know. And it's, it's not a series that has historically had a lot of people of color in it. But, again, I just like to be scared. And so I'm going to go in, and watch that. So I think we also we have to, just have to come to the table with that understanding that it doesn't – you don't have to have a, you know – all black cast. It doesn't have to be the best man holiday for it to be, you know, to connect with black audiences. And I think for us, for from a BT perspective, you know, working for black entertainment television, you know, that is re- that literally who we're targeting black consumers for that. So we try to give them a variety of different content Monday through Sunday that you can watch. You can watch alone. You can watch with your your significant other. You can watch with your parents. You can watch with your grandparents. You can watch on Sunday at the church. So we try to give you a variety of different content that. You know, maybe you're not going to watch it all 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but there will be moments on Tuesdays and Wednesdays where you may want to watch Sisters and Tyler Perry's The Oval and, you know, Kiki with your girlfriends, or you want to watch one of your old classic black films like Best Man. So we really try to come to the table with just a variety of different types of content um, where you can just kind of connect disconnect and then you come back when you want to come back so I think it's, it's, it's very interesting and it different to your point about just the different kind of uh similarities and differences when it comes to directing uh, excuse me when you come to marketing for um black audiences uh, specifically because you just have to show up in a different way
1: no absolutely and John I will say like you guys are doing a great job at BET like BET feels like home again like oh God, we're, God. we're not we're not getting videos all day like we did when we were younger, which you know, like we're not on midnight love, but like BET feels like home again. I always used to think like I just don't understand why BET doesn't have all of this original programming and, all, you know, like these amazing shows. And now you turn it on B- BET and that's exactly what you get. So kudos. Well, to thank the you. Thank you. You're doing it BET because that, we see it and we love
2: it. That is very intentional. So thank you for, for calling it out. Like we want to be felt and seen in a different way than we have before. And I think that. From uh, across the company, it's, it's it's been impactful in that way. So thank you for calling that out.
1: No, absolutely, we love it. So I, I know I only have you guys for a few more minutes, but I have to close on uh, Black on the Scene because that is like your baby. That is what like we are all waiting for. And you know, the one thing um, we talked about, we touched upon it a little bit. But as you guys were thinking about creating this, like. And I know you had a vision for it, but once you started recording and once you started getting feedback from people, how did that change, you know, from what you thought it was going to be versus what it really is and what it can
0: be?
2: Um, well, you know, it's funny because, so we're in our second season of Black on the Scene, which is our, our podcast that's on all streaming platforms. So please everyone take a listen to it. It is amazing. Um, but season season one, it was, it was Dee Dee and I talking back and forth which is fun um, and we talk about a variety of different uh, topics, celebrating um, Ruth Carter and Boys in the Hood anniversary and just a variety of different things, how we got into the industry. But this season we wanted to just, you know, do something different and and kind of just, you know, spin it around and do do something completely different. And we decided to enlist all of our amazing friends and colleagues that we work worked over the years and have them be guests on our show and just talk about them being Black on the scene in their respective areas. And it has been such a magical experience um, where we've been able to, people who I've known a good chunk of my time, I'm like still learning about their journey, learning about this career that they've been, they've been doing, the ups and downs. And the stories are just so, so beautiful. I told you this all the time. It's like, we got the right people to be on our podcast. Like it was it was like ordained and, and I just, I feel so connected with it. So we're about five, six episodes into the season, I think. And, um, but there's so much more. So we really encourage everyone to listen and, and enjoy. Follow us on all our social media pages. It's black on the scene, B-O-K on the scene, S-C-E-N-E. But I, I love the podcast. I'm excited for it. It's been a great journey.
1: No, that thank you so much, John. Didi, you had
0: something to add? First, Desiree, you're on the list and Am we, I? <laughs> by the way, this conversation counts as a conversation I would want to share to. You. I mean, hopefully what we're building is a community and a resource for um, you know, black folks and I would say in particular young black folks to know um and to use as a guide entering this industry or how to navigate it or when you, when you feel like oh i just don't know the answer i don't know what to do i don't know and none of us the, the connective tissue in all of our conversations is exactly what we said before and that is none of us knew we just put one foot in front of the other which is what we're doing on the podcast half the time john and i have spent so much time just figuring things out and there's a beauty in doing that right because you get to learn a new skill set but also you you gain confidence in your ability just to figure things out and be able to navigate things. And it, it helped, I think both of us, and I think this is more me, get over my sense of like paralysis analysis and also perfectionism. And perfectionism keeps us small. It really does. I wanted to change my outfit, my shirt five times. And I was like, girl, you're just gonna show up with this turtleneck, put a necklace on it, beat the face, fluff the hair and keep it pushing. Like that's the kind of like, just trying not to get caught in the weeds and the, podcast has been a lesson in that for us, I think, personally, but it also reflects in our professional um, ability to keep moving things along and to be curious and creative and to find some magic in the things that we're doing. So if anyone's thinking about launching a project, do it it doesn't have to be perfect Nobody's expecting perfectionism and if they are those aren't your people so keep keep it pushing but we do definitely want to have you on soon we're just trying to navigate the new jobs <laughs> and doing the podcast in the spare time that 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 we have and we would want to also is there a bigger opportunity to work with the, you know, the Capital City Black Film Festival, like when we're in person again? Like, Absolutely. let's do it. i love to do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's just been wonderful.
1: So I just want to say that, first of all, I could talk to you all day because they're so, they're, both of you are very interesting people and very authentic. Like, I when when Didi introduced me to John, I was just like, uh, how do I like? moving. He's like, what's up? Like, girl, we good. And like, I just want to just take the last 30 seconds of this, this conversation to thank both of you. Like Didi, you know, I wish that I had known you more. Like, I wish I spent more time with you when I was in New York, but like God makes up for all of that with the time that we spent thus far. It was like, you know, right when I needed you, right when I was making a pivotal change in my life, there you were like, okay, wait, you need me. And then you just, like, you've always been there. And John has, like, literally embraced me. You both always look out, always connect me when when you feel like there's the right opportunity for me. And so I thank you so much. Having you here is so special. And really just seeing you both glow in the way that you're glowing, like, I salute you. I'll always be your biggest supporter. And we are so, like... Appreciative of just having your voice as part of our festival this year. And we thank you so much for being
0: here. Desiree, you know how we feel about you. And I just want to say, I have to give you, take a second to also give you the props. Like just our conversations from when you left corporate America to navigating the move. And the other thing is, you are a single mom. So, I have a cat that I barely take care of. John has a dog; <laughs> the majority of his time over at his mother's. And you are <laughs> no shade, John, but can you take Saint back? And, um,
2: and that you and that you hear in the background. So apologies.
1: <laughs>
0: I uh, have to just give you so much credit. And again, this goes to show anyone else who may be listening: you can figure out, figure it out. You can do it. Look at you! You're running your boutique agency. You're also doing this amazing stuff with the film festival, raising a child, hopefully having some semblance of a of of, of a social life. But you do it with so much grace and class and just wholeheartedness. And that's why we are like, what can we give? What can we what can we give to Desiree? What can we send Desiree? Who can we introduce her to? Because you just show up in such a great, authentic, wholehearted, and really place of true representation. You just represent us so well, sister.
1: Uh, Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate that. I was trying to end on the note for y'all, but look now I'm uh, choked up. But thank you both for being here. Thank you for your time. If we want to find you, what's the best way for us to find you?
0: Uh black on the scene, B L K on the S C E N E across all the platforms. And Personally, I'm at D2BNYC on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dede Brown, D-E-D-E Brown.
2: D-E-D-E Brown, that's a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and John Gist, J-O-N period, G-I-S-T on Instagram and John Jonathan Gist on uh, LinkedIn. So definitely add me and look out for me.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. When this goes live, everyone is going to get a gem. Thanks so much. You guys
0: enjoy the rest of your week.
1: Thank you.